everybody. Welcome back to the 1208-Bit Nerd Church Podcast. I'm Jamin. And I am Tyler. And uh, with us today, we also have Chris. Yes, Chris is joining us. Chris uh, was the first of the first to start talking about WandaVision on the Nerd Church Discord, which you can join us anytime. Just hop on that Discord to chat about all kinds of things. But we knew we were in trouble when Chris was like, hey, how do we talk about this without me getting in trouble for ruining it for everybody else. <laughs> and that was when we refound the spoilers button on discord. <laughs> Fun fact. If you don't know what that is, just double click on your text and then hit the Marcus spoiler button and it blacks it out, which then well, turned our Discord into a fun place of just black text notifications popping up over and over again. <laughs> there's actually a way to do it without like like having to like click on your text afterwards. There's the little like straight line. If you hit that twice before and twice after your text, it'll just immediately switch it over to spoiler. Which Tyler didn't do yesterday. Well, it was, about I missed I missed the <laughs> ending one, and I immediately did it. Nobody saw it except for you. I just want you to know. I got the notification right on my phone. Tyler said this. I'm like, it's a good thing I watched this. No, it's fine. You yeah, no one would even have. No one would have been able to guess what I was talking about there. <laughs> I just I just happen to like how so far in the in the actual chat, like everybody's like test. Okay, now that I know that it's working. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because everyone's afraid to really mess that up. Uh, which, hopefully, you don't click on this video if you haven't seen it yet, which so far, none of you have, so we're working out. All right, so um, we're going to talk about WandaVision, and we ain't hiding anything at this point. The show's over. We waited that long for the whole thing to end so that we could yep. chat about it. Uh, so if you haven't caught up, go catch up before you listen to this episode. And if you have caught up, Feel free to keep listening. Um, <laughs> I, give I don't you even permission. Know. You we may you keep permission. listening. <laughs> you are welcome. Uh, so on the Nerd Church podcast, we usually just kind of like we'll rave, we'll vent, and eventually end up on spiritual topics along the way. Uh, where where do we even want to start on this one? I mean, oh, we, we need to give like a, we, no. We just start the spoilers after five, four. Three, two, one. If you if you're here still, that's your own fault, dude. Why did White Vision just leave? <laughs> that, that's a great question. That's what I was wondering. Because okay, so the vision that Wanda created and everything, he goes, yeah. Hey, you know what? What makes what were they talking? I I was having a little trouble. Uh, I can't think of what they were, they it's were talking. It's the real vision. Called. Who's the real vision? Yeah, so, so basically he gave the analogy, you know, if, if you have a ship and, you know, the wood is, is rotting on the piece of the ship they brought up as, as an, basically an artifact, and so they replace the, the rotten wood with new wood, does that new wood then become part of the ship? Or, you know, and what they decide, no, it's actually both the rotten and the new, it all comes together to be part of the same ship. So in essence, vision that was created on both sides, both Wanda's vision and white vision are the same vision. They're just two halves of the same thing. So mm -hmm. vision unlocks white vision's memories. And he goes, oh, hey, I've got all my memories. I remember when I was created. I remember fighting with everybody. I remember being destroyed. I remember all of this. And then he's just like, gone. they don't Bye. even... <laughs> yeah. that he's leaving it's just you don't see him again like i have all my memories back and i'm out <laughs> it was like a, uh that was like the bit most shocking moment for me i guess in the new the, the like the newest episode was just like i was kind of expecting everything else to go the way it did because i know this is the new like this is going into the new phase and everything they're kind of just introducing players in the new phase right they're not like trying to create you know infinity war end game uh levels of like mind-blowing things happening uh but at the same time i was not expecting for white vision to be an after credit scene and then show up to throw a couple punches and then just do so yeah <laughs> i i i've already forgotten what the white vision after credit scene was it was just him waking up hayward turned him on and then that was it 
What? Oh, you're, you're uh, he talking was... the episode before the finale. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, all right, okay. Yeah. I thought yeah, you were talking about like the finale. <laughs> after he flew away. I thought. No, 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 no. I was like, they turned him on again. What? What happened? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, no. They just he got turned on from the episode before, and then this episode we saw him throw a couple punches, and that was it. Yeah, and then mostly just have philosophical debates. <laughs> yeah. I mean, two robots fly away under the, the weight of philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> two robots standing in the woods has been one of our uh, podcast topics before. So, <laughs> so True. I I will say that to to me overall. Throughout the whole series, I enjoyed it. I mm-hmm. thoroughly enjoyed it. I liked in the later reveals how they kind of brought everything together, which didn't make any sense at the beginning. They kind of showed everything. But I'm going to be frank. The finale was terrible. In, in my personal opinion, the, fi- the finale did nothing to, to bring together anything to resolve a lot of issues that were brought up. It just left everything hanging and it's like, okay, I understand that this is the start of phase four, but there's so much that was left so open-ended. It was, and, and I'll, I'll give a great example. Sure. Agnes, who turned out to be Agatha. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that she was the villain. I was hoping that her rabbit, Scratch, which for anybody that's ever read the comics or knows anything about the character, knows that Scratch was a reference to her son. And oh, what? Yeah. yeah. Spoilers, but we haven't seen the last of that. <laughs> so Scratch was a reference to her son. Now, obviously, we didn't see the the rabbit transform or anything like that. But I didn't like that they made Agatha the villain. She was never a villain here either. Well, they they tried to make her a villain, and it's like, but it didn't work. I mean, she was the one that taught Wanda how to control her powers. She's the one that that yeah. taught her it was okay to to you know accept this part of herself and taught her how to grow and everything. She's the one that protected Reed and Sue Richards' child from her son and his coven of evil witches. Uh, for in the Fantastic Four comics. So the fact that they kind of made her this dark entity that was trying to, you know, control and take all of Wanda's power and everything, I just, it just didn't fit right. It didn't flow as well, as I well think, as it should. I think we're going to see more come of that, and I think they're going to be more teamed up. Because, like, I think you're viewing it from the sense that, like, Agatha is also like a good guy in some of the ways that you're saying it, which I don't, I don't agree with in the comics. Um, she's still manipulative. She still like is out to get things from people. Uh, and you know, even Scarlet Witch in the comics is not a good guy. No. In that sense of the word. So like her teaching the Scarlet Witch to me, it's like, okay, it's just another, like not villain necessarily, but another person teaching another person that's eventually going to become something evil um which they are kind of hinting at in my opinion so i i honestly thought that the agatha stuff was really well done um a bit cheesy but superhero stuff is cheesy a lot of the time and i kind of like the cheese so uh i honestly i believe that i thought that the agatha stuff was like spot on so like for me the 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 finale parts that let me down weren't things that I was necessarily upset. Like, I wasn't like, oh my goodness, this just, like, ruined it for me. It was more like, okay, you know, I really wish that, you know, Robert Boner wasn't, like, that they actually went with something for Quicksilver. Like, mm-hmm. that he got pulled and he actually is Peter, like, Maximov from the, the X-Men universe. And, like, he got pulled out by Agatha or something. Um, but instead they went with his name's like something, yeah, and uh, that felt like just a giant troll. Which, like, I don't know if that was the right choice, but honestly, it doesn't ruin the show for me. And the, they answered the questions. I feel the closure came from the Scarlet Witch's story. There, it's the introduction to the Scarlet Witch. That's what this entire thing was. Was how does Wanda Maximoff become the Scarlet Witch. And I think we're, we see that, and they ended that story quite well. 
it's because it's her coming to realize that in her with her power she doesn't necessarily have the same confines she believes to like morality what's right and wrong as other people um that's why like at the end when you see uh, uh photon or miss marvel um walk up and she's like uh they'll never know what you sacrificed it's like first of all that's a little tone deaf don't you think like she sacrificed a relationship and instead and gave up you know control over everyone none of those they weren't real like they weren't actual beings yet she created them mm-hmm. and she had to give up these imaginary playthings and let people live their lives she stole people from their lives she's like i have a child you've locked let, had me lock her in the closet like can she come out like we can act like we have a kid like come on like no wanda's not a hero anymore and no. i don't know if she'll ever be able to come back to being a hero and i don't think she's ever going to be at peace um after this losing vision and her now her kids um yeah. Like, I don't think she's ever coming back as a hero. I think she's going to, maybe in the last few seconds, it's going to be like a Darth Vader kind of a thing. Like, she's going to be spending all this time, like, doing all these things, thinking she's pursuing the right, like, ends. Um, And, you know, the ends will justify those means she does to get there. But then I think in the last few minutes, she's going to be like, maybe one of her kids are going to be, like, alive and real. And they're going to be like, Mom, no, this is bad. And then she's going to be like, you're right. This is bad. <laughs> yeah, the uh, I I felt like there was in the last episode. I felt like there was a lot of stuff that was not answered, but also just confusing to follow. Like in all the other episodes, like I understood what was happening in this one. Like, like you just gave Agatha all your powers, but it didn't do anything. No, she doesn't. I, I just, whatever I was supposed to like be understanding, I wasn't understanding. But I think part of the reason that so much was unanswered in that last episode is I think this was meant to be like, like a Marvel movie that they decided to turn into a TV show, basically like connecting whatever's going to happen next after Thanos with this TV show. And so they were setting up wherever the story is going now, and they didn't want to answer everything. Because imagine, imagine like you don't have Disney Plus, you didn't watch this, and you go to see the next Marvel movie in the series. You're not going to understand anything, I think, because <laughs> she's going to show up. You're like, wait, why? Why is she like, you know, why does she seem evil? Like she's probably, I don't know, the next Thanos or something. Uh, or, you know, like you were saying, maybe she'll have this redemptive arc, but that was what surprised me in the last episode is, I mean, she took control of an entire town, did all this kind of evil to it all because like she had been dealing with grief and it seems maybe a subconscious way at first, but then became conscious of what she was doing. I don't know. I didn't. I never fully understand how conscious she was when it all happened. Um, but she she does all that out of grief of losing vision twice. <laughs> now yeah. she's lost him a third time and basically killed her children. And it's just like uh, if this if destroying a little town is what happened after after the first time and second time. And now she's what, reading. What's going to happen now? <laughs> yeah. So there, there's two after credit scenes in the final episode. If anyone didn't go all the way to the end, at the end of it, she basically seems to create a hallucination of herself being a person in a house in the middle of Alaska or something. But she's inside reading evil books of deep dark secrets. Did I kind did, of assumed that like Sokovia, but that was just my thought. Yeah, that would make sense too. Did anybody else get the the um, Bruce Banner vibe though from the the house in the woods? Oh yeah, and credit scene like that was my first thought was, oh look, she's pulling the Hulk, you know? Yeah, <laughs> um, this power is too much. I need to learn how to control it. Yeah, yeah. So that 
I, I will say that, um, you know, uh, I mean, I, I've been looking at some theories and stuff since since the finale came out. And I, I will say that I do not think uh, with uh, Doctor Strange and the multi, uh, Multiverse of Madness, I do not think that Doctor Strange will be the one to pull um, Wanda in and teach her her powers. Point no. blank, I don't believe it. I don't agree either. No, number number one, if if Wanda was going to be taught anything, it would seem to me that uh, the Ancient One would have reached out a long time ago. Yeah. And 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 here's the thing. And and again, I know nitpicking hairs here. He's a sorcerer. All of them are sorcerers. She's a witch. Not the same thing. Don't care what anybody says. It's not the same thing. No, you can't have a sorcerer teach a witch. But yeah, I, no. I wouldn't be surprised if they bring Agatha back via Doctor Strange and says, hey, we need you. This is, she has lost it. She's gone completely out of control. We've got to bring in everybody to stop her. I wouldn't be surprised, like you said, if Wanda turns out to be the next big villain in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or at least leads to to the next major villain coming forward, which I still think there's a good possibility of that being Mephisto. But yeah, in no I way agree. do I think that Doctor Strange is going to be the one to say, hey, Wanda, let me teach you how to use your powers. No, not happening. I think they might be going Mephisto. Uh, I think you're right. Um, just because I think that Agnes is drawing on a power she doesn't fully understand either, and I don't think she mm -hmm. knows that she doesn't fully understand it. Um, so I think she's drawing power from Mephisto. Because um, that's what they're, they're kind of hinting at, at, that Agnes has way more that's going to happen, right? Or Agatha has way more that's going to happen mm -hmm. with her. Um, because of her backstory scenes and like, there's a lot more questions around her that we haven't got answered that I'm really excited for. I think that she's teaching like the Scarlet Witch right now. I think that uh, she actually took her with her um, when she left. Uh, I, I think that Wanda took Agatha with her when she left and we just didn't see her at the house um, because I think she's teaching her how to, how to control the magic and because Agatha's in a position now where she can't take it from her anymore, right? She knows that, like, well, if I can't beat her, might as well join her. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that fits yeah. the Agatha they, they've created. Um, so I think, yeah, I think Agatha's, like, working with her right now, teaching her how to use the power and trying to perhaps manipulate something out of it eventually. Um, or she's unwillingly playing as a pawn to Mephisto. Um, which I would think would be really cool. Yeah. So maybe under that theory, fake Wanda was Agatha at the end, since she like made Agatha look different earlier. Maybe she just like made her look like Wanda and stuck her outside as <laughs> for us to see. I don't know. Maybe in the next one she un I forget it. Uh, <laughs> um, so. There's there's a lot of rabbit holes to go down here, and we we can still. But I figure since we've already kind of hit on some of these grief themes, you know, one of the things that movies started doing, I want to say Doctor Horrible was almost one of the first ones to do it. But there was Doctor Horrible, and then there was uh, um, uh, Mega Mind, and then there was this whole slew of movies that came out over the following years that focused on the bad guy and wanted to like, I guess maybe star Wars was even one of the first ones to really do it mm -hmm. where your hero is who you all know is going to end up being the bad guy. One of the things that this did well for like movie making and storytelling was before this time, we just painted villains as ridiculous over the top. Like, I just hate people and I kill everybody because I'm evil. <laughs> you know, and as we focused on like retelling villains, we started to realize, oh, hey, they were just like us. Oh, hey, they had a backstory too. Oh, hey, they, they 
uh, I can relate with them in A, B, C, and D. And, oh, hey, wow, they took Route A a whole lot further than I ever would. And, oh, wow, now they're just blinded by Route A until they become something uh, much different. And WandaVision, you know, started with, like, kind of like Tyler was saying, like, we're really feeling for her throughout the beginning. Like, I... There was a few episodes I cried on, you know, just like, oh, yeah, for sure. Wow, she's got her husband back, you know. She's she's living life just as perfect as she could hope, and and then we're slowly watching it de-evolve, and we're watching her like shoving people through the walls, but then we're still like hoping, you know, like maybe she'll come around. Our our new character, who is she supposed to be in the Marvel universe? Where the bullets can go through her. Oh no! So Photon uh, is like a general name that's given to her, but she is known more as Miss Marvel. Um, oh. Yeah. But we well, already had Marvel. That's well, that's Captain Marvel. Oh, okay. There's two of them. Got it. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I was going to say Miss Marvel is actually at this point Kamala Khan in in the comics, and then. She goes by. I think in the comics, she, yeah, but huh? In the comics, yeah, but they haven't introduced anything like that in the movies. No, but I, I, I they, they won't give, they won't give Monica the moniker of Miss Marvel because they, and, and again, I'm, I'm assuming they won't, mainly because they've already announced that they, they're cast, they've already cast and are doing a Miss Mar or a, um, Miss Marvel Kamala Khan. Uh, Disney Plus series. Oh, I didn't see that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They they announced that like two months ago, I believe. So I would be hard pressed to think that they're going to give her that moniker. Yeah, and they wouldn't. They're going to go with photon. just go with photon. Yeah, they're going to go with photon then. Yeah. Well, with her, you know, she kind of becomes the counselor coming in. Like, no, no, no. There's a lot of grief that needs to be uncovered here. I felt it. You know, a bad guy just needs a few tweaks, and then. <laughs> And then you've got the other side of it. I see a threat and we're going to destroy it. And then you see Wanda deal with her grief, which like to the bitter end, like it just, you know, it looks like she's probably hardened all over again. Like her grief is not gone to, to help her yet find a redemptive story arc. Uh, and yeah, I'm just kind of curious what you guys see in all that. Um, like photon and everything. No, I, I was using photon just as like uh, she saw like what needed to be mended in the story. Um, that it was a tale of grief to say the least, and if we could deal with the grief like a counselor, you know, they could maybe repair the situation. I, I, I think for myself at least, and I don't know, maybe others don't feel this way. I feel like that was the one area of the story that dropped the ball immensely. And, and, and th this is what I mean. You, you have Wanda, who obviously has suffered tremendous loss. First, you know, the loss of her parents as a young child, and then the experimentations on her and her brother. Um, then, you know, she loses her brother. She... Uh, you know, within within the movie, she, you know, all those people died when she, you know, um, there was the explosion in, what was it, Sokovia, I think it is. You know, and obviously she, she deals with that. But then, you know, let's even take loss even further. She loses her own freedom. You know, she, here she was willingly subjected to experimentations as a, as a young child, young adult. And then she tries to help people, and in helping people, she loses her own freedom. People don't trust you. You can't go out. You are stuck here. So she's lost her, her mother and father. She's lost her brother. She's lost her freedom. Then you take it even further. She's lost the love of her life, vision. And so all throughout the series, you're seeing the repercussions of this loss and how it's taken a toll on her. And, and let's be honest. I mean, uh, all of this is, you know, shows, uh, is showing, you know, degrees of mental health and, and really the, uh, 
just how how much her mind is kind of deteriorating because of this and everything. And I mean, uh, I, I would I would even go as far as to say that she's suffering from PTSD from a lot of this uh, in a lot in a lot of ways. Um, you know, obviously, in the way that she's lost uh, her her family members. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's PTSD. I mean, let let's be honest. You see your parents blown up. You see your brother shot to death. You see the love of your life murdered before your eyes. Yeah, that's going to cause some post twice. Yeah, you murdered. I mean, let's, let let's be honest here. Uh, and so, but the issue that I have with it is in in the finale and and let's 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 even go back to white vision why the heck vision after he got all his memories man goes yes i know who i am so instead of me going to wanda and saying wanda you haven't lost me i'm still here i may not look the same but it's still me i am here for you i'm not leaving you instead his first thought is hey i have all my memories back <laughs> see you lady well, so, uh, like, to kind of speak on that, like, that last point and the points before, um, just that last point, I, I think that's what that whole talk about the ship was for. Um, I think just because he has the memories and they've scrubbed clean the, uh, the, the problems of the ship or they've replaced some of the boards, that doesn't necessarily make him the vision that we knew. Um, that just makes him a different vision. It makes him a different... Um, a different person. Uh, so he has similar memories and he can remember that, but he also, he also is a different being now. He's processed things differently and maybe he remembers something that um, he needs to, he knows he needs to get to right away. I have no idea. Um, but to speak to pre previous things on like the grief and everything that Wanda's going through, I actually think they handled that um, really well. I, I think that it's, very obvious that she's dealing with um, with a lot of uh, stress, a lot of uh, as you mentioned, PTSD. I think I would agree. I think she's definitely going through um, PTSD. Um, I think the music encapsulates that the that the writers were thinking about that as well. Um, the grieving woman uh, in every single end credit scene, um, the ah, like happening every single time. Um, and like her sliding to it and it, it draws this emotion out of you that you know Wanda is wailing every single episode it's her pain that's reflected and we get that even more when the people say like we have your nightmares we, we, we experience your pain Wanda's not wanting to deal with any of it um, and I don't think she necessarily does deal with it I don't think they show us necessarily the, way, the healthy way to handle it um because Wanda doesn't handle it the healthy way. Um, since she's so powerful, she handles it, and she doesn't hasn't ever needed to rely on anybody else. The only person she ever allowed herself to rely on was Vision, and he's gone. Um, she just decided that, you know, I think that she consciously knew that she was doing something wrong when she created the entire world. Because you notice, like, she creates Vision from her pain, and then after noticing she's done that, that's when she, like, blew up and decided the rest of the area could also be changed. And then she kind of played along with it not being, like, real. And remember our first episode uh, when we have uh, uh, Kitty from that 70s show mm -hmm. um, and her husband, uh, the Hearts, they are eating food and then Mr. Hart starts choking. And we keep hearing Kitty saying, stop it, and laughing. And then she looks directly at Wanda the entire time. If you notice the camera's direction, she's looking at Wanda asking her to stop, asking her to stop doing what she's doing. Wanda is making this person choke on their food. Oh, that's terrifying. I didn't even notice that. I didn't think yeah. of that in hindsight. <laughs> yeah, Wanda's doing this. And she's doing it because she doesn't want anything to break. She, they start asking her about her past. She's doing it because she doesn't want anything to remind her of her past. She wants to ignore it. She wants to move on and put up walls, and she's not dealing with it correctly. And I think we're supposed to see that and go, this isn't okay. This isn't how we should handle our mental health. I don't want to be Wanda. 
<laughs> like at the end of this, I don't want to be Wanda. Um, in any case, I don't want to have lived through her life, having lost her parents, lost her brother, killed her husband, only to have him brought back, and then forcefully killed in front of her, um, only to then bring him back and watch them all go away again with her new children. Um, I don't want to be Wanda. Um, and it seems to be also things that she's like a lot of the time uh, past, you know, the first part of her life. She kind of, especially with this new series, she chose all of these things to do that have now have piled up to make it worse and worse and worse for her. So I actually think the show handled it well. Um, they weren't trying to tell a story of a character who dealt with their mental health in the correct way. And they're showing the story of a villain, in my opinion, um, becoming well, a villain. Yeah, and, and, and that being said, I, I, I want to address uh, uh, your point, but... Because for, for the most part, I, I won't make this clear. I agree with, with most of what you said, mm -hmm. and probably all of it. But I, I have a question that I'd like to pose to both of you and then address why I asked this question. Yeah. Do you feel that Wanda was controlling Vision at the end in any way? Or was Vision speaking in and of himself? Period. Vision was speaking in and of himself, period. Okay. Jamin? I didn't even think about that. Um, I gathered that it was Vision speaking since he had kind of gained some mental awareness of what was going on about halfway through the season. But at the same time, I think the fact that we would even ask that question speaks further to like the delusion of, you know, the possibility of, of what is real and what's not when you're dealing with all your grief. Yeah. And and, and the reason I ask this, and and it's a, this is this is an important question to ask, and I hope I explain it well. But the reason I ask this is because if Vision is speaking in and of himself, fully him, even though a creation of Wanda's grief, this is him speaking, without her manipulating his his thoughts or his speech or anything like that. Then. The the end when they're at the house and everything is being turned back to normal, everything, the world is being destroyed around them, her world is being destroyed around them, they do a bad job addressing grief. And this is my complaint, because at the end, if this is Vision speaking, this this whole and and okay, I'll I'll preface this by saying Obviously, Vision knows that White Vision is around and everything. I freed his mind and stuff. Wanda doesn't know this. Wanda has no clue of this. As far as Wanda is concerned, her Vision took out White Vision. Mm -hmm. That's as far as she knows. So then Vision goes to her without any explanation of what has happened and says, I will see you again. This is this is not a goodbye. We will be together. That is. It, just, I think that was hope. But it, but it's 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 bad hope, and and th and that's what I mean. When when we are dealing with grief, and and I'm I'm going to to, you know, take this like you said. Ho hopefully, we get more into the spiritual aspect of it. When we are dealing with grief and everything, hope is important, but false hope is bad. False hope can lead to the destruction of our spirits. And, and frankly, if that is what Vision did to her, Vision is as much responsible for creating an entity of villainy as anything else. Because that is a false hope that he gives to her. Saying, How is that false, though? He knows that there's a chance that they will see each other again. Mathematically, but, even, he okay. knows. But, but the, th the thing of it is, again, Wanda doesn't know anything of with what happened with White Vision. Yeah. As far as Wanda knows, she is losing Vision. The only Vision that she has, the only Vision that she will ever have is being taken away. And Vision gives her false hope without any context. 
I don't think it's false hope, though. I think you're you're assuming that he can't ever come back. Like, she brought him back. He lives within her. Within the Mind Stone. That's within her. <laughs> like, I don't think it's false at all. To, to me, it is, though. To me, it is. You know, I, I feel like it would be better if Vision had gone to her and said, hey, you know... And again, paraphrasing, <laughs> but, you know, I will always be a part of you. I will always live inside of you. My love for you will, will never, you know, will That's never so be away from you. But, but to just say, hey, I'll see you again. Don't worry. Without, I don't think he said that. He didn't just, say, like, yeah. he didn't say you will for sure see me again. He said, look, we should never have been able to see each other now. We shouldn't have been able to be brought back to life. There shouldn't have been a time for us to do this. But seeing as we've done it before, you might see me again. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Especially oh, since no. he knows there's a white vision. To me, it just well, it struck me in a negative way. I, I, just, I just feel like that didn't... Because it's based off of his... To me, it did not handle the grief well. Well, it's his quote. What is, lo what is uh, grief but love persevering? Um, it's, he's already said to her in the past uh, when, when they were, like, Agatha was talking about, you know, taking her back through her life. Vision's already said that quote to her. She remembers that. She kn she's already heard that, I'll, like, the, I'll, the, you'll, that person's always with you. Um, because it's your love for them that's persevering through that. Um, so he's already said that. He's already given that. This is a new revelation to her that there is there like there's potential, and I think you're right. That does lead her towards like more villainy, but that's because she's not seeking help in the right ways. I don't think there's any. I don't think he's giving her any false hope. I think there's there's real hope there. I think it might just be based on. Um interpretation of what we think's coming in the future when i saw it i was like oh he's just implying that she's going to rebuild this world in some way and bring him back down the road and if you're taking that away from it then it doesn't seem false whereas if if you see no possibility and we're expecting she's going to run into white vision instead of who this guy was then yeah you know we do have this the false hope of of him not coming back or and then you know the end of the show ended with her child calling out to her. Isn't that what, what was happening? Yeah. Implying that they were still around uh, yeah. in some way. But they were, they were birthed uh, from her, so that makes sense. Yeah, so I guess it would be like, it depends on where they go as to, since this is one thing I've learned about sci-fi, <laughs> you can always bring <laughs> back a dead person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you, even if they die in an episode, it's like, all right, I'll see you next season. <laughs> That's like... It's the comics. So, no one ever really dies. Yeah, yeah, basically. And in Stargate, when you got a sarcophagus to always bring your dead person back, like, all right, who are we going to kill this episode? Let's bring him back by the end of it. Um, but I, I think it would be interesting to hear a little bit more about this. Obviously, hope is is a huge biblical theme and something we hold on to to keep us moving forward. But when you say false hope, it'd be helpful to, like, uh, what – where have you like seen that mess up people? What is false hope per se, I guess? Oh, that's, that's a, uh, that's weighty, huh? Um, if it's too deep to get into, I don't want to WandaVision you right in front of everybody. So don't, <laughs> but like, no, no. um, Or I can start with my own stories. Will you? Because, like, I think. Yeah. For the longest. Yeah. Give, what was give that? me a minute to to kind of contemplate that that question because that's pretty weighty. Yeah. Well. Okay. So I'll use like like a story of false hope in my own life. I think was I loved music. I was pursuing music. That was all I wanted to do to the point that I was blinded by like in many ways, the impossibilities of the scale upon which I wanted to do music in, you know, and that, that rather than subject my hope with music to God, 
to find out the way in which I should be doing it, I had allowed it to become a larger hope than looking back that I knew it was supposed to be in my life um, in some ways. And then allowed that to drain me of, you know, finances, of time, of energy in ways that were probably not appropriate because of the false kind of narrative of hope I had written within it. But at the same time, you know, I needed the right kind of hope within it because without hope of doing anything with music, I wouldn't take any joy in it. I wouldn't be doing it at the level of which I'm supposed to be doing it too. Um, and there's always that hope for, uh, in some ways, like the hope to write a song that will make an impact that will help people think over something differently that it might get some traction and move somewhere. That kind of hope of something more keeps me continuing to write and to process what I'm doing those ways while letting down the false hope of, of only seeing it on an impossible grand scale. I don't know if that's a good example. I think uh, since we've been, it, it's not a perfect example since we're talking about grief and what hope does, <laughs> but well, I'm trying to think of. Well, I think that does because when I'm thinking of like hope and false hope and everything, I'm also thinking, cause you have to think of expectation um, when you're thinking of hope. So like, hope does not equal expectation and i think that false hope comes when you believe uh when you believe that hope is an expectation that's where i see it becoming false hope so if you expect something to happen because you hope that it's going to happen or that you hope something is going to be, uh, be able to like be real or you hope something is going to be able to um like come about if you expect it instead of hope for it you give yourself a false hope um, I don't think other people really give you false hopes as much as they give you false expectations. Um, mm -hmm. And I think any kind of hope would be like a good thing because it's a drive. Hope is a driving force. Like I hope that I can do better. Um, you don't usually hope isn't. An, an, there's no like negative connotation to hope, right? At least not from what I remember. Nothing that would come to me immediately. Hope definition. A feeling of <laughs> a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. So like you can feel that it's going to happen, but if you expect it to happen, if you are like it will happen, that's not necessarily hope as much as it is 100% an expectation, right? Yeah, I guess so maybe a biblical example there's a prophet that comes around the old testament is like all right we're all going to be free from this exile very soon uh, the word of the lord has come to me and like everyone's celebrating and uh <laughs> one of the prophets is like well if that happens that will be quite the word because all the other prophets have been saying that is not the case <laughs> and then god speaks to this true prophet he's like hey that guy he lied you need to call him out and he's going to have a consequence for that which was a pretty severe consequence i think he died but uh like <laughs> in in that particular scenario like we have in jeremiah 29 11 quoted within context i have a plan a hope a future for you right they're in exile but still there is hope but the false hope of that prophet at that time was I'm hoping that this will be over like within a few months to years. Right. And like within God's plans, like, no, that's, that's like, there is still hope, but you are prophesying um, something that I am not expectation <laughs> that I am not in right now. Does that mean the people at that time had no hope? No, of course not. It's just their hope looked different. Right. Just yeah. like when you're dealing with sickness, um, hope, can look a little different. There is always the ultimate hope. God could heal me, can heal me. Uh, and he might heal me and has even perhaps healed me before. Uh, but then there is also like the understanding of like grief within this of, I've got to deal with the difficulty that comes my way. Um, while at the same time, knowing that God is my hope here, there, and always uh, and is my answer is my answer regardless of how that answer is 
manifested through God in this time. Well, and and that actually, um, when you're speaking of that, that actually uh, uh, goes back to to kind of what I what I was saying about is as uh, on on hope and stuff like that. And and I think uh, you know I I believe I don't know probably a couple months ago now we we uh, talked about this on on Monday nights, um, but uh, you know. Um, and, and again, within the within the context of the show, you know, Wanda had hoped that by doing what she was doing, it would heal her heart. You know, that obviously did not happen, but that was her hope. But um, you know, I, I guess I guess when I think of an example of of you know, again, false hope or or maybe the expectation of such. Um, you know, I can remember growing up uh, hearing a lot, you know, from different people. Well, if, if you just, you know, pray about it and, and really believe, you know, God will do this. And it's like, but that's not the the case. That's, you know, and, and, even, and even today you have a lot of people that, that believe it. If, if you just have enough faith, God will do this. But that's not the way God works. You know, uh, you can sit there and go, hey, you know, um, I, you know, I don't like having cancer, you know, God heal me. Well, that's not necessarily what's going to happen. Um, and, 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 and what I mean is this, you know, and again, this goes back to what we talked about a few months ago. Uh, when, when we, when we pray for, for healing, we oftentimes want to stick it into a single box and say, okay, healing means that the disease goes away. It's no longer there. It no longer affects me. I'm going to be in perfect health because God's going to take this from me. Oh, yeah, but that's not necessarily the way it works. You're right. God could miraculously heal you. You could wake up and, and I think about, you know, uh, a young woman that I knew, um, she had come to Spring Arbor, uh, uh, and, and given her, you know, uh, testimonial, you know, talk, talk to, you know, all the kids there and everything and, and talked about how she had been diagnosed with cancer. And then a couple months later, she went back in to have some tests run and they've been praying, you know, about it. God, if it be your will, heal her. Cancer's gone, just gone. Uh, I, I had a cousin actually, um, uh, two years ago, uh, or, or it's been ongoing for, for about the last two years. Uh, he was diagnosed with cancer six months. They were, they were setting everything up. Uh, uh, I think they did one chemo treatment. Maybe they didn't even do a, a single chemo treatment, but, but, um, I mean, they, they told them, you know, Hey, this is stage four cancer. You, this is, you're probably not going to live just being honest. This is probably going to kill you. He lost massive amounts of weight. He was very sick and everything. And they went in on a day, ran some tests and went, cancer's gone, gone. And he goes, what do you mean gone? They're like in remission. They're like, no, gone. There is no trace of cancer in your body whatsoever. Miraculous healing obviously but that's not the way it always works and we have to understand sometimes god heals through uh medicine uh i you know being a diabetic i can say this yeah god keeps me healed through this right here an insulin pump um <laughs> this is how i stay alive uh is it a miraculous healing do i still have is my diabetes gone no but sometimes god uses medicine to heal our infirmaries and sometimes healing comes in the way that we really don't want it at least for our own selfish needs but through death and i and we don't like to think about that but um death is a healing that is one of the ways god heals you know god i'm really sick i have cancer heal me you know what maybe that healing comes by god taking you home because guess what? The cancer is going to be gone. You're going to be with with the Lord. Now, it's selfish, and we don't like it because we go, no, we, we want that person here with us. But that's still a, that is still a healing that occurs. But I think when we try to limit God into just saying, this is the only way God can heal, and then when it doesn't happen, 
yeah, that can negatively impact us. That can negatively affect us. And, and then we're left saying, why, God, didn't you do this? Because we've, we've put God into, into such that this, this is the only way God can work, that when it doesn't work out in the way that we feel it should, yeah, I think that can lead us to, to negative places and negative consequences. Yeah, so I, I disagree on the the part where you said that death is, is healing. Um, death comes from the enemy, not from God. Um, and that's I, I think that that's an easy like easy thing to confuse is becoming eternal is not the same as dying. And I think Jesus kind of represents that. Um, he died for our sins as a sacrifice um, to be a to, to like to be that representation that they were using um, as giving up of something. Um, right in the old like Jewish like tradition of giving up uh, your prized cattle um, in order to uh, to show God your faith. Um, it's in the same way that Jesus was a sacrifice to all of us for our sins. Um, and this is in a way that uh, Satan wasn't expecting is he kind of used death, used something that Satan had brought into our world um, used this this evil and corrupt thing of death because death is not natural according to God um, and, and therefore death wouldn't be a healing but instead death is a, a disconnection from the natural um, it happens of course in life um, because Satan still has uh, has reign over the earth um, for now, but Jesus again died for our sins, so that when He does come back, um, there will be eternal life, um, because death is not something that was ever supposed to be, um, or that God ever wanted for us to experience, right? Yeah, I would struggle to call death a healing, but I do understand when you're Absolutely. saying like someone's someone's really sick, like. The, the removing of the pain will come through death, but ultimately the the real healing would be, of course, you know, resurrection life. So, uh, but um, you know, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of kind of what you're saying, like healing comes in different forms. Um, you know, it, it, usually we're hoping for the grand cancer just gone in a moment, kind of miracle of a healing like that that is hope and that can happen so it's not necessarily false but at the same time it can be ignorant of our situation if that's the only place we live right i mean um when you look at uh uh so like for example right now my back is killing me it's been killing me for this is day three uh and i have prayed when my body has been in intense pain before one time my feet were killing me and I prayed and it went away like right then. Uh, mm. And I was like, wow, I, I've never been on this side of the healing before. So yeah, there is a grand hope that God could heal this. And I have prayed that my back be healed because it's pain right now. Unless it, I think it still hurts. Uh, <laughs> but um, um, I know that come Monday, I will probably need to look for a chiropractor if the pain is still there, right? That is that is like, while there is grand hope ahead that something could happen, I also know that I live in a natural body that if it doesn't happen, I have to deal with things in a, in a natural kind of way. And healing sometimes will come in, in other ways. I, I remember a story, I think, Chris, you and I both had a class with Ken Brewer. I don't know if you remember this story, um, but he... He shared a story of once he went to pray for this guy who I think had cancer. It was really bad, and he was praying for him. And the guy just fell on the ground, started shaking. The Holy Spirit came on him. And uh, and he's like, okay, this is it. Like, he's going to be healed. Like, <laughs> God is doing something right now. And the guy got back up. Like, what happened? What God show you something? What's going on? He's like, uh, 
God showed me every single person that I need to make amends with. And he went and then made apologies, made corrections with all these broken relationships. And then he died. And one of the things the professor would always ask is, was that a healing? <laughs> Not necessarily the death part, but like, wasn't there this kind of like healing of emotional pain and, and all that. And I think that's a, that's a good question to ask. Cause man, I know people who push healing so far, like, no, God will heal you. If you just have enough faith, God will heal you. I'm like, when does your theology eventually fail? When there's a woman who's 120 years old, who's in immense pain just from being alive in a human body. And it's like, no, God will heal me. This, this is what they said. It's like, mm, this doesn't even make rational sense anymore, you know? Yeah. Or the Jim, Jim Gaffigan joke of, <laughs> man, I'm afraid to be too old. I'm just going to look around at people and be like, why am I still here? You know, it's like, uh, that, that eventually there is this point where you're like, no, in this particular age of God's world, we all eventually face death. And healing death in many ways is actually the ultimate unhealing, right? The thing that we have to suffer because of sin from a theological perspective. Um, but will be healed through Jesus when he just revokes death and kills death itself in that lake of fire. And now well, we no longer face it. Yeah, I, I mean, let, let me clarify. And, and I, I, I get, you know... Tyler, what you're saying, and, and Jim, what you're saying about that, you know, and, and I, I want to clarify, when I say that, I'm talking about, you know, when when God brings us to be with him, when God brings us home, that, you know, to, to me, that is a healing. And, and I know that there are people that disagree with that, and that's fine. But to me, you know, I, I think about my, my great-grandmother. And towards the end of her life, she was suffering. She couldn't get out of bed. She couldn't leave the house. She, you know, she wasn't eating. She was suffering. To me, God said, you served your time. Come home. Be with me. You know, to me, yeah, that I look at that as a healing. Personally, I look at that as a healing because the Lord brought her home and so yeah may, maybe the term death which again i get is is a, is a negative term but the 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 idea of being brought home and being made whole you know with my lord i look at that as a healing and but but yeah i mean you know there's just multiple ways that that you know and again, it just goes back to, to you know, are, are we sticking God in, in a singular box? You know, are we saying, Lord, work in the way that you want to work? You know, and I think that's that's the difference that, that sometimes we need to remember to do is, is you know, Lord, work in the way that you want to work. And, and, and you know, like you said, I've, I've been in a room. I've prayed with people, and I've seen healing occur like that with them. It happens. It can happen. It still does happen. But, you know, not every time is it going to happen. <laughs> you know, sometimes, sometimes, you know, sometimes the healing takes, you know, a while. And, and we have to go through, through the processes. Like, you know, when, when I was in, in my treatment, you know, I was in the hospital for eight months, you know, in a room by myself for eight months. I mean, I spent my Christmas with with a bunch of nurses in my room watching Netflix in the hospital. That's that's literally not a joke. Um, I hooked up Netflix into the hospital Wi-Fi, and we sat in my room watching. I can't remember what. But it was me and a bunch of nurses sitting in a hospital room while I'm getting my chemo treatments, watching Netflix on Christmas Eve, <laughs> you know. But that's how God brought the healing into my life. And, and I will say this. I will say this. It wasn't just a physical healing that occurred. A lot of that was a spiritual healing as well. 
because I was blessed to be surrounded by by nurses who I would say probably 90% of them that that uh, uh, helped me and were there with me were all Christian nurses. So I would spend hours in that room having spiritual conversations, them sharing about the things that were going on in their life, them talking to me about the things that you know I was struggling with, and that that was a healing for me spiritually because I was able to connect on such a deeper level with them. And, and I thank God every day for, for what I went through. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't want to go through it again, but I'm thankful for what I went through because it brought me to a better place in my life than what I, than where I started when, when it began. Yeah. And I think that WandaVision exemplifies the, uh, that, that kind of like suffering that someone goes through um, to trying to deal with that in a very realistic way. Maybe not in the healthiest way, but I think it shows it in a very realistic way. By putting up runes around a town and taking over everyone's minds? Is that the realism <laughs> you were talking about? Yeah, Jamin, that's the, that's the part of the realism <laughs> talking about. The magic and uh, the runes, that, that's the part. Uh, yeah, I think that it has the realism comes in how they because that's what we've talked about many many times is how superheroes, uh, while having these superpowers, can remind us of what it means to be human. And I think that even during these times where we see massive world changing things happening and someone using powers to control um, hundreds of people, um, maybe even thousands. Um, we see that happening, right? Uh, and we we tend to like to like say, "Oh, that's so different than me." But the, the honest truth is, they're dealing with very human things. Um, that pain that she's suffering, uh, while she has a an opportunity, um, that's what I was, was kind of hoping that Olivia would also want to talk today because I know that she thinks uh, she thinks that this was a very good healing for Wanda. And that Wanda's found peace. So we have totally different views on that as well. So that's why I was hoping she was going to show up because I want to hear more about that. Um, but I believe that while she's given the opportunity to mourn correctly and let these people go freely um, immediately, she was very reluctant to do that um, in order to hold on to a selfish desire to have these people back in her life that obviously don't exist anymore. Right? Um and so I think she chose the unhealthy path. And is it healthier what she chose now? A little bit, a little bit, but not much. Uh, it's like, yeah, she's learned that, you know, she can have hope. Um, but honestly, I think she's still heading down a path that's going to be bad, you know? Yeah, well, I think part of the question will be is she has now faced grief again. And... <laughs> She, in the end, made the right decision to let go of all these people she held captive. But is that just a notch along a story that is headed into grief ruling her? Or is it a notch in a redemptive arc? And I guess time will have to tell what Marvel decides to do with that story while we just speculate based on what we know of her story from the material already out there. Um, but there is, yeah, there's a lot of different directions I think we could go with this show. You know, there's a certain uh, Pleasantville uh, narrative that was written at the beginning of that. You guys ever see that movie? Yeah. Is that a lot of well, or something? Yeah, so like, you know, it's a false narrative of this is the way life is when in actuality it's not. And and <laughs> while Pleasant, Pleasantville tells kind of a different moral story through their own writing right now as Tyler was saying like the world has a lot of different narratives to subscribe to and we as Christians you know are to subscribe to Jesus's narrative if we're willing to to give ourselves to that and we've seen I think what happens to people when they give themselves to other narratives or perhaps even worse of all try to marry Jesus's narratives into those other narratives yeah. to create basically a new religion of sorts that that uh, from a distance looks like Jesus but the closer you get you realize it's black and white and it's a fake scenario uh, that does not match or smell 
or have any actual appearance of Jesus in the end, you know. Um, but we've already gone on for a while, so bef- sorry, Chris, you, you had something you're going to hop oh. in there, and we'll... Yeah, I, I, I was just going to say, though, for, for everybody out there, for all future reference, though, Book of the Dead, bad. I don't care for what reason <laughs> it is, Book of the Dead, bad, okay? For, forget everything else, Wanda, bad. <laughs> like... Which... <laughs> Doctor Strange read books. Not that book. Not that book. <laughs> so the after after credit scene. The reason, if anyone's like, man, I didn't get this from this. Why are they all feel like the villainy? It's the after after credit scene that kind of implied we're going a bad route here. So it's a dark. The Darkhold. It's uh, in H.P. Lovecraft's novels. Uh, it'd be known as the the uh, Necronomicon. In Adventure Time, it's known as the Enchiridion. <laughs> anytime you get like big bad book in D and D, it's called the the Book of Vile Darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically the oh no, don't read that book unless you want to be evil. <laughs> yeah, if, if you ever go into a bookstore and the and the owners and you look at a book and the owners like, don't read that book. Walk away. I'm just telling you that right now. Walk away. Yeah, when an evil <laughs> when an evil witch tells you this is the book of evil, <laughs> maybe don't take that book and read it, hoping to find your children. Just saying, uh, might not make you look that sane, but you know, whatever. <laughs> and with that, I guess we'll wrap up our. WandaVision episode with that disclaimer and maybe more thoughts will come to us over the next few weeks and we'll do a few more episodes on WandaVision. We'll just I can talk about WandaVision so much. <laughs> well, there's just there's a lot of ways to spring this and today we mostly talked about grief, but grief. yeah. <laughs> the false narrative thing we could have done a whole hour on if we wanted along with several yeah. other topics. So, uh we'll come perhaps back to this in future weeks. We'll see. Uh but if not, we will catch you Live Saturday mornings on the Facebook feed as we talk about it, and then the audio will go straight to our um, podcast after. So today, Chris, thanks for joining us. Um, You all can do that in future episodes, too. Basically, we just post on the Discord every once in a while. Hey, guys, we're talking about this on the podcast tomorrow. Would anyone like to join the conversation? Chris said yes, as I expected him to. But there's also like 20 other people who have been talking about this nonstop. It's a bummer we couldn't get a bigger dialogue so maybe in future weeks we'll do that as well uh but with that that is the end of today's nerd church episode follow us on the discord join us monday nights either on twitch if you just want to lurk or on discord if you actually want to play and get to know some people and find some friendship and uh we will catch you then (laughs) 